Okay, welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Dahlin. Today, we have um, the general manager of Mundal Hockey in outside of Gothenburg, uh, Marcus Eliasson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so uh, we talked a little bit offline and um, um, had a little problems here with the mic and everything. We got it going. So I'm, I'm looking at hopefully my battery doesn't die. Um, if it is, we're going to have to hit play again. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for a new computer. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so so a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. We want to talk about your background, uh, young general manager for uh, for a pretty. Uh, established club with a long you know for those who are, know hockey in the Gothenburg Sweden region they know about Mandal um, and we'll talk about the different levels uh, but I want to talk about your background as a player hockey gymnasium first and then we can go into kind of um, uh, your role as a general manager and what does that mean and how does that work um, uh, as well so Let's first of all explain Mundal uh, for those who don't know where Mundal is. Uh, Mundal is located just south of south of Gothenburg, barely ten minutes away. Um, uh, we play in the for the men's team. We play we play in the Division Two uh, Division Two League, uh, Southern District, uh, and uh, we have a lot of a lot of teams are surrounding the Gothenburg area. Uh, the team or the the organization got kind of restructured a couple of years ago and started over in in Division Three. Uh, right away, they played they played with a like their junior twenty team in the uh, for the men's league, uh, and they qualified for the Division Two right away. I think this is uh, the two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen year or season. Um, and since then, we've been playing in the Division Two uh, division um so a division yeah division two uh, the junior 20 has been established in the junior 20 elite or now junior 20 region um division uh for a lot of years now i don't even know how long but uh around the 10-year mark or even longer maybe and has always been or for a long time been a top top tier league uh, or top tier team in in that division uh now it's been kind of on a downhill slope here for a couple of years and i hope i can hurt i can turn that around for sure uh yeah. and that's why i joined in my in my role last year which wasn't as a general manager but kind of as a sport council role uh working with a 20 the junior 20 team so back up a little bit because you're from gothenburg originally yeah from from Lierum, which is uh just 15 15 minutes away from from Gothenburg, uh, where uh, John Klingberg, uh, Lou Erickson, for for those who know those people, uh, played in the NHL or in playing yeah. in the in the NHL right now. But you didn't stay there for hockey gymnasium. So talk about because you went to Borås, uh, yeah. also kind of a similar organization like Mundal, right? No, uh, yeah, uh, has had yeah. I mean, more recent success, I guess, it, playing in the uh, uh, hockey Allsvenskan. Uh, a couple years ago, got deregulated down to Division One. Been down even in Division Three, uh, and then turned it back around. And now they're in Division One uh, as a Junior Twenty team, which 
which is in the same league as, as us. And now they have a junior 18 team that's in the same division as our 18 team as well. Yeah. So what? how was it back then? So let, let me back up. Did you play in the TV puck tournament? Uh, I did not. Uh, yeah. No. So we're in, in, we, you know, we're recording this and this is going to be released a little bit later, but um, so we just finished a couple of weeks ago in the, in the TV puck tournament. And then the, 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 um, so Gothenburg has his own um, team and not part of the, 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 the parish of Estejutland. But um, so how was it for you then not making the TV puck tournament and then looking at what were, what were your options in hockey gymnasium at that time? So who, who was the big clubs then? I'm sure Frölunda was, was still kind of the, the big one, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. And I mean, mostly I was looking into the southern, most southern teams. Uh, you have Hobby Kutiet, Linköping, Rögle, Malmö, Borås, obviously. Nechö was one of the teams. It's just out of Jönköping uh, where Hobby Kutiet is playing. Uh, I applied for, uh, for Borås. I was there on a tryout. It went well. And uh, they told me they wanted me. I was there once. It was a bigger tryout. I think we had... Uh, there was full, two full teams of three lines on uh, both teams that were playing, uh, just a scrimmage against each other for two hours, I think. And uh, it went pretty well for me. And uh, uh, they, not right away, but they called me and said that they wanted me to join their uh, join their team for, for next season when I started, when I started high school. And... Uh, uh, the thing with this is that I, I was there. They wanted me to come one one more time, but I hurt my knee playing a district championship game uh, and uh, I wasn't able to. This was in December, mid-December. So I wasn't able to finish the rest of the season even, uh, but they still wanted me to come join the team for next year, uh, which I did. So I was a bit lucky, I guess, um, but it was a great experience going to Borås and playing there. Yeah. So how far is that from Gothenburg? Uh, 45 minutes. Okay. But was that the first time that you kind of moved away from home and then? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I moved away. I live, uh, moved in with, uh, with a friend. Uh, we met up, uh, at, a just a hockey school up in, uh, Fiskens Hockey School. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that we were good. up there. Uh, we met when we were about 11 years old. We stayed in touch and, Hung out quite a bit. He was from Lusashir, which is about an hour and away from uh, hour and a half away from Gothenburg. Uh, he also uh, got into Borås hockey, uh, the hockey gymnasium there. So uh, we moved in together uh, at least the first year. And then I got my own place. Uh, so live li we lived by ourselves and all the other guys that came. A lot of the guys, most of them came from Gothenburg. We lived alone. Uh, which was definitely a tr transitional period for the first six years or six months uh, before you kind of got it, like got into the whole thing of living alone, having that like a 16 year old with that amount of freedom, not a parent looking over your shoulder, telling you what to do, doing your homework while practicing. You have to cook food, do your laundry. Uh, those are, those are big things for a 16 year old and definitely Probably not something that every every sixteen year old has to do if they live at home with their parents yeah. at that age. Yeah. What was your um, 
so what was your what what degree or what area of study did you did you what was your concentration in high school uh my my concentration was law uh which is still an area which i have this dream kind of in the back of my head to get a get a law degree i still want to do it but i don't want to commit to doing in sweden a four and a half year period of schooling another four and a half years of schooling <laughs> so <laughs> which i guess sounds kind of fair uh but i still have it have it as a dream uh and uh, i want to do it but not right now yeah but i mean was that a little bit so how many of the of the um of your teammates did that versus the easy vocational route uh in my school we didn't have that many we didn't have that many different programs we had you could do business or economics uh you could do law you could do kind of like an engineering program or uh technique which is what we call yeah. it but engineering and then bono which is more towards maybe if you want to be like i don't know if you like teaching a police officer maybe firefighter uh but it's a more practical yeah. area of, of like program uh compared yeah, to just, the other ones which is preparing you for the that higher education programs that you need yeah yeah i just listened to a podcast i, I wish i would have um it, it was in one of my uh just in in the pipeline of what i listened to but but it was a uh they interviewed the guy from the Swedish Hockey Federation that is that is in charge of hockey gymnasiums all over the country. Um, and I can't find it here now, but but they were actually talking about for, for the NIUs that they were supposed to have at least three college preparatory programs and one uh, vocational preparatory programs mm -hmm. to offer. A lot of them have more than that, but but um, um I, you know, when I went, I went a year in kind of the vocational route and then I realized, what am I doing? And then I went to kind of the, um, the techness is, is what I did for a year. Yeah. And then I left to go to the U S. Um, but I mean, the, the reason I bring that up is not everybody goes and it was a big deal as a, as a pivotal thing that you, you chose that, that part, even though you're kind of there, I'm assuming you're there to play hockey in your mind, right? Yeah, definitely. You weren't I mean, you weren't thinking about law at the time. You were thinking about hockey. Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, I think it was mostly to skip out on the third math class you had to take if you did the economics concentration instead of the the law concentration. Um, yeah. So I did philosophy and psychology instead. I think. <laughs> but but you played there for three years. Why not four? Uh, I mean the the junior system works. The I mean it's. I don't know why it is this way, but you you graduate high school after after three years, and then you still have one more year of junior hockey to play in Sweden before before you're a senior or like yeah you're not a junior player anymore, um, which is something I think more schools should probably look into maybe extending that program when they go to school just to kind of ease off on like the tougher periods in school so they can still have a, a success in like in the sports yeah uh that they're doing because it's not just it's not just hockey of course it's soccer or uh i mean hockey golf uh track and field uh cheerleading yeah i don't know how many different sports there are but i mean so you you went there three years and then and then what was your you could have stayed in boros yeah i think it was you even offered a contract i think it was even offered a contract with the men's team 
uh, by the coach. He wanted me to stay, but I think I, I, I came across an opportunity when I was, I was at one of my, uh, my teammates house that lived in Boros. Uh, it, it had blue ship hockey, had a kind of a flyer that they sent out and honestly, like come to this hockey showcase. Uh, and they had like American call, uh, coaches that came to, uh, Uh, they came to Sweden out on Hano or Ukira and uh, did a full weekend, full weekend tryout, I guess, in uh, during the summer. So I went to that, I think, at the beginning of my second year in, in Boros. Uh, but I didn't commit to going to college for a full year. So I, I kind of put that on, on a shelf somewhere and kind of revisited it. when I started my, my senior year of high school. Uh, and I was kind of in between. I didn't really know what, what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to, I wanted to continue my education. I wanted to continue, continue to play hockey. And in Sweden you have kind of, it's either it's, you can do both at the same time when, but when push comes to shove, then it's still school. That's your primary focus. And I wanted to do both. Uh, so let's say you have, you have a test and the school says, well, you need to take this test. Uh, but I had to go and play a hockey game. Well, then school would have to be what I had to go and do. And I didn't want that. So uh, going over to play college hockey, I mean, I think every like kid in Sweden, maybe not everybody, but at least a lot of them want to go over to the U.S. and play hockey in one way or, or another. So uh, this and... was so this was in the time of of 2014 2015 so not Yeah. too far removed from it's not too long ago but it's not yesterday but so so at the time you're uh eight no you would have been 19 or 20 right 19 Yeah, when I when I started when I started college, I was nineteen. But I think when I came across this opportunity to go on the showcase, I was seventeen. I think so. What? Let Maybe. me ask you because I, I I had similar you know parallel here because I you know I sort of did the same thing. I, I came across a mine was a lot a lot longer ago long, longer since I went through it, but it, it was like a trifold. But mine was was about going going over to the U.S. to be a high school student as an exchange student. That's how I. But what was your conversation with your parents, who I'm sure wanted you to have an education? Um, so, um, what was that conversation like? It was never really. I don't think I really had to do that much much convincing. Uh, talking talking to my mom, I uh, so it was it wasn't that big of an issue really. I have lived alone for the past three years, and I was I mean I guess first of all kind of a grown up at least when you're eighteen nineteen years old, and I wanted to go over to the U.S. Uh, she's always encouraged me to make my own decisions, and if she wouldn't feel that I was mature enough to make this decision and go to the U.S., she wouldn't have let me, but uh, she supported me all the way, uh, drove me halfway around the southern parts of Sweden to take different tests and the ACTs and SAT tests and everything you had to do before you went over. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't really that much convincing to do on my on my end, at least. And, and and if you don't mind, you may want to mention too that uh, you told me offline. I didn't know this, but that you lost your dad in early age, right? So a little Yeah, bit he different. he passed away passed away in cancer two thousand Yeah. uh two thousand seven. So. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of 
in a way, I mean, it makes you grow up a lot faster, uh, having a parent passing away when you're, when you're 11 years old. Uh, so I think it was relatively mature, even when I moved away to Boros, even though you have a lot to learn, uh, but making the step moving over to the U S was, it, it, it wasn't a big deal really, uh, for me at least. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting how these type of things, I mean, life shapes you, uh, mm -hmm. especially at a young age and the experiences that you have. That's what I think is so important about, you know, gymnasium in Sweden is a pivotal time of, of a young man's life and, and the ability to, 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 it's, it's a time to really expand and leverage uh and prepare you for the next steps in your life and and there's there's some that that choose not to expand very much and it then it's harder to to uh to grow as an adult uh, versus the kids and i think that's what's unique about sports just like what you did is you moved away create new friendships new environments new coaches new and you have to learn the all the things outside of 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 the hockey that the next thing that you tackle, which I think, so we'll go into that next. So you ended up going to play four years at ACHA uh, college club program in the U S you know, when it comes to kind of the steps in life, it prepares you to be able to excel in those things Yeah. versus, versus someone that is living at home all their life. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, someone is cooking and cleaning and doing your laundry. It's, it's a, it's a bigger transition as well. So, so yeah. you went through blue chip. Uh, so after you were done, you're sitting there and you're wondering, do I play another year of J20, maybe playing with men's in. So Boros, what, what division were they in at the time with the men's team? Uh, division, division two. Okay. Which is not a bad hockey. I mean, it, it's no, not de definitely not. It's uh, they have a lot of experience, a lot of experienced players uh, when you play in that league and it's really good hockey. Uh, yeah. And but if you're thinking about, you know, you, you've now done three years, you've got a degree and you want to keep on and you want to get, where did academics go into this at that time? You know, when you're thinking about, do I go play semi-professionally in division two, but I'm, am I, how do you make the choice here about going to university in Sweden? Did that, did you think about that at the time? <clears throat> um, I, I don't really remember how how my mind went about it, but coming across this flyer on my friend's desk, I just knew that like this would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and it was something that I also wanted to do alone. I didn't want to go over with like having a secure group of friends uh, that I went over with or together with. And we kind of hung out just us. And then like it would still be this Swedish bubble. But I went all alone uh went to a city or well, a country that i've never been in before to a city that i've definitely never heard of before uh and just i started fresh which was it, not that i needed the fresh start really but it was still it was something really uh, something that i needed to do talk about talk about the financial aspects of of that because all right did you know right away, hey, you got this thing called tuition that you got to pay for? Uh, yeah, I knew about tuition. And that was definitely one of the factors kind of why I chose to 
play at a CMU or Colorado Mesa, which is located in Grand Junction, just on kind of the border between Colorado and, and Utah on the western western slope. Uh, so that was always a factor. Uh, club hockey obviously doesn't offer the the like athletic scholarships to to go over and play hockey. So that was definitely still 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 something I had to consider. And uh, we have we have a a good system in Sweden where you can apply for financial aid through CSN, and that's that's the way I went. Yep, I did the same thing, but but. So explain to those primarily the Swedish listeners what's the difference between NCAA and ACHA because I'm sure that in the beginning you were thinking oh college and what's you know now the different levels of college and the different different levels of competition there Yeah I mean so yeah I guess this this is a this is a full podcast episode for sure uh but yeah you have NCAA if you talk about just sports in general there's the NCAA division 1 2 and 3 hockey except for a couple of schools out on the east coast only has it only has division 1 and division 3 you can get an athletic scholarship if you play division 1 but you can't get a scholarship Academic or athletic scholarship. If you play Division three, you can only get scholarships for, uh, for your academics in Division three. Um, that's a big difference. Uh, going down an even further level, you have uh, the ACHA, not the NCAA, but the ACHA, which is yeah, club hockey. The level itself doesn't have to be bad, and the level that I played, it it, it was all right. It wasn't the best, uh, but but it was all right. Some teams were not that good, but the top teams. As in every division, every every league you play in, it was they were really good, um, and they have a lot of good players from all over the country. Obviously, maybe they moved back to their hometown and play for their local college that didn't that didn't have a like an NCAA program, so they ended up playing for their club club sports. Yeah, uh, which is pretty much. I mean, it's pay to play. Uh, you have to pay a members fee. Uh, some schools are. Five thousand dollars a year. Uh, I think mine was five hundred dollars a year, which was nothing. Uh, and we got great support from the school. And I think we were we were the fifth most watched sport like on campus after baseball, American football, and then uh, women and men's basketball. And then it was hockey. So yeah. we had we had an we had an off off ice rink. Uh, it it took. I think the capacity was just over a thousand people, and I think we averaged between seven and nine hundred people per game. Uh, and being in a small barn with a lot of people is a lot better than being in a big barn with less people. Yeah. So I would much rather have four hundred people in that barn than having it in a large arena. Uh, let's see, in Sweden right now, where we in Mundolf, we have. A capacity for a thousand people uh, but it's like a big it's a bigger rink uh but like so 400 people feels like a lot less people but they're kind of like close-knit you come very close to the to the glass to where everything happens which makes it a lot of fun but i but i think one one thing to be mentioning that is the difference between acha and ncaa mm -hmm. yeah there is different levels there's there's definitely if you go play club hockey you're not necessarily going to play in the nhl but if you're playing at Michigan or Boston College and 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 North Dakota, 
you know, those guys are going to go play in the NHL. I get it. But, but I think that from a standpoint of the experience and the other part about ACHA is that they can be a lot more flexible when it comes to scholarships from a, from a, um, financial aid standpoint. So for the Swedish person, something to be thinking about, just like what you did, you have the background from your financial aid through CSN, which is the, the government part. You can take loans and, and aid. Um, but then you can also get academic or other types of scholarships and, and the ACHA schools, and especially, you know, you got D1, D2, D3 and the D1 schools, mm -hmm. Um, like Adrian, Liberty University, those guys are, you know, rival or beat out NCAA D3 programs. So there's a lot of flexibility, lots of options, and it's worthwhile spending some time learning about those things. But, okay, you're there really for the experience. You're not necessarily, your goal is not to make the NHL. You're there to have fun. And yeah, like I think, I mean, it's definitely started off as being, like it was more focused on on the hockey part, like the hockey part of it, the first semester, I would say. Uh slowly from there kind of shifted into being more focused on on the academics. Uh just because of the success that I had in school. Yeah. So how how prepared were you? I remember my freshman year, it was it was not easy. Uh, even though I've been in the US for a year in high school. It was a completely different thing going into. I went to a pretty big school. You did too, but you go into, and I remember my freshman biology class, and it was 350 people in my in the auditorium, and you know the the instruction was different. The way I had to learn was different, um, and then I figured it out and did really well. How was it for you to transition to that? Uh, for me. For me, it all kind of made more sense in English some way. Like I struggled with math in high school and in college, it was super easy. Maybe it was because I spent way more time at it, but like it all, like everything just made more sense to me some way. I I can't really explain that, but uh, I just had a good kind of, I came into a pretty good flow with the whole thing. I mean, one thing that's different between between college uh, in the US and college or in Sweden is that it's more kind of a high school structure uh, in terms of kind of how you do your classes. So in college, you do five classes per semester for eight semesters, and then you graduate. East, like if, if you kind of like break it down, uh, in college or in Sweden, though, you, you, you do one class for five or six weeks, you read a full, like a full book, you have to learn it, then you have one test, and then you move on. Yeah, there you have maybe you do like four the first four chapters after the five weeks, and then you have the next chapters, and then the next chapters, and then you break the whole thing down, but you do it five classes at a time. Uh, so it, it, it was a system that kind of, it worked well for me. I don't yeah. think the cramming kind of structure that they have back here in Sweden would work the same way for me or work as well for me. Uh, but I liked it yeah. the way it was over there. So you got, so you were there for four years. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you graduated then with a, with a degree in business administration, which 
puts you in a, so you have a four-year degree. I mean, in reality, it's a bachelor's degree and it's, how long would it take you? So it took you four years in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, could you have done that same program or how, how do you, how do you compare the two degrees? I mean, it takes, if you went four years in Sweden, mm -hmm. I don't know. It just seems like it's more intense. If you went four years, you've got the equivalent of a master's degree in Sweden or four and a half years. If you yeah, were, I, yeah. if you were to kind of like succeed and make every class and not fail anything but but there's just not that many programs over there anybody can go and get a four-year degree right but i don't know how do you compare the two degrees uh it's really difficult i kind of i started looking into it i think when i graduated in 2019 coming back home kind of like where where does this stand compared to a uh, to a swedish like graduate um and but i kind of quickly kind of shifted away from having that focus or that thought in my head because i thought okay let's say you have 10 people applying for a job uh nine of those people i'm the 10th person nine of those people went to one of maybe three schools uh they have kind of like just about the same experience from the same teachers from the same lectures from the same books and then the people that work at the company they are applying for they also come from the same schools with the same teachers, with the same books and the same lectures. Yeah. So then I come from as like as that 10th per person adding maybe a different perspective uh, and having a bit of a different background and bringing something new to, to the company. That's kind of how I looked at it. And I've been I've been at the same company for the past almost four and a half years now since I graduated and have I've had a different a couple different roles within my company since then. Um, uh, I don't know if it's a good or a bad. So I don't really know if it's a good or a bad thing. It's obviously always up to how you perform at the company they're at. But I've had great success, at least from from my from where I am right now. Yeah. And I think that isn't that kind of you, you, I'm glad you bring that up. The life experience. Isn't that really what college to me gone through college here? I mean, when you're finished with college, it wasn't so much about what did you learn in your classes, but it's really after four years, you're now prepared as a person much better than than other things. And yeah. I, and I remember, you know, um, yes, when you go out on the on on the on the professional side, sure, you got this degree in the back pocket that leveraged you to now enable you to apply for different jobs, but it's really the experience or how you grew mm -hmm. as a person that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Let's fast forward a little bit because you, <clears throat> in, any, any, were you, were you thinking at all about staying in the U.S.? I, the thing is, I was, after three years, I was pretty done with my experience, I think. I mean, yeah. it was a smaller city. Uh, and, I mean, I was started thinking if I had gone to a Swedish university right now, then I would have graduated already. I could have started working. Uh, so so I kind of, so my fourth year, it was a lot of fun. And I wouldn't, like, if I had to do it again, I would do it 10 out of 10 times. But it was still, like, it was just, like, I just had to get through it. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was just really my goal with, with the fourth year. Um, 
And then you went home. Then you went home. home. I I played with, uh, played, I started playing with Mundal. Uh, started playing with Mundal for, for one season. Uh, we had pretty, pretty good team and we made it to kind of the pre qualification rounds going up to division one from the division two stage. Uh, we, we were eliminated in the second game, uh, against Beckham, which is a local rival here in, here in Gothenburg. And they still are, yeah. um, they still are, uh, it's, uh, they're, there's no love lost highest. there. Let's face it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good put. Yeah. Well put. Uh, and, uh, so, so we, I think the the second game, I think that was, uh, this was the spring 2020. So this is just before COVID, but I think it was, it was a zero zero game and it was the 96th minute. So we're in the fifth period, minute 16, and they won on a knuckle, like a knuckle puck, oh. just like nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, I mean, then uh if we would have won that game we would have played on sunday and then another week went by and i think they played one more round of the qualification games uh going up to division one and then everything got canceled because of covid anyway so like obviously it was a lot of fun and a great experience but we wouldn't have gone further with the whole thing anyways yeah in the end yeah but then, so was, and then you ended up kind of retiring, right? Or you didn't yep. go on, but I mean, you, you're now working full-time job and, and, and so on. And then you started working as an assistant coach and, and kind of got yep. into this kind of general manager. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I kind of, yeah, I quit. I got a new, I got an opportunity to be a project manager at, at the company that I'm at right now. And I was kind of in between, I was standing in the middle and it was like, okay, I need to commit to to my job over here, and but I also have my hockey team over here, and since I will be in the middle, I I can't commit fully to either one, because both take a lot of time, and I didn't really know what my new job position would kind of mean in terms of time, and so so I so I decided that okay, I can't do hockey the way I want to do it, which meant that I had to choose the thing that put bread on the table basically uh so i decided to focus on my my career instead of hockey yeah. uh came back to hockey that same fall as a video coach for the men's team before covid kind of canceled everything out that season and then i got asked to be the assistant coach for the junior 20 team for one year um and then quit again and then got asked in the beginning of last season if i wanted to continue doing this sports director role for this year so and i know we've talked a lot of time but i, I would I, I would like to go in and talk about mm -hmm. that what does that mean and for a club in in sweden um you know so so mundal mm -hmm. who has a division two men's team you have a j20 region which is uh you have the only the only thing <clears throat> about that is going to be j20 national and then you yeah. have j18 in division one right yeah which means you have one above it with j20 j18 region and then you got youth underneath and then you're yeah. six or eight clubs in your in gothenburg region that are you know uh hanhals becken frölunda yeah. yeah, a couple teams. Yeah, and some some that are you know in in Gothenburg you have the top club like Gothenburg and I think there's only one 
yeah and then you got the the next level down and then so you have these different regions but uh, d d different levels within a big geographical area yeah. but how is it to run i mean now you're as a gm you're running uh are you are you responsible for the for you're you're responsible you're not responsible for recruiting sponsors to the organization right uh, I mean, no, not really. But obviously, being a smaller organization, you, you, you get to be part of everything. Yeah. I guess. Uh, well, I'm also on the board of directors. Uh, uh, in like a smaller role, but it's really because I'm there every time, anyways, to presenting, <laughs> presenting the, like the sports operational side of about the like the whole operations. Uh, so I was asked to be part of that. So I'm also part of that, but it doesn't take that much extra time. Yeah. But you basically have, you have a, a side that is running the organization from the organization side, and then you're running the hockey operations side for the yep. men's team and the juniors. Yeah. So you have a budget right. to work with, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And do you guys, so for Mandal, Mm -hmm. For the juniors, let's talk about the juniors because the, the seniors is a completely different thing. But since you come through the junior ranks, you know, if you compare it to the American listener or or the, you know, running the junior program over here. So do you have support from the Swedish Hockey Federation at all financially currently? There are the Hockey Federation supports you in like in different ways uh it could be through uh like financial support through giving coaches education referees education taking like referee courses or coaching classes or whatever it might be we have a pretty strict system regarding but, the, but the there's qualifications. no there's no like stipend from the swedish hockey federation that goes in your budget that you can buy sticks no. with no or play pay the power bill so how do you yeah. who pays for the ice as an example here in the US ice is super expensive but who owns the rink and who pays for the for the ice uh the the, the city of Mundal own the they own the hockey rink uh Obi Arena yeah uh, and we and we rent our locker rooms we rent the ice time uh and everything surrounding our organization so yep. they they paid for the they pay, paid for the building and now we we rent to be in there yeah yeah has the cost because of the energy crisis in Sweden and you know don't get me started on that but anyway <laughs> uh, has the cost to rent the facility changed a lot in the last few years since you started versus now uh, I, I don't know how much it cost when I when I first started, but I know that well, it ha, it ha, it's increased for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. But uh, you I charge... don't know how many percent the last three years, but I mean, electricity is more. So obviously running a hockey rink where you need to cool down the ice, that gets more expensive. So the 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 city of Mundal, they increased their cost for it's more expensive than that for them. So it's more expensive for us. But what's the difference between, for example, the junior? So, so Mendoz J twenty versus Frölunda's J twenty. What's the what's the difference in the budgets? Ooh, wow. Uh, I guess I can't say that for sure, but I know 
in terms of kind of how you finance the whole operations uh is that if you get drafted players from from the nhl uh from your organization that's been within your organization for the past couple of years i don't know i don't remember exactly how many years but let's say it's three years then you get a piece of the you get a piece of money from the nhl that pay the organization which that player comes from if they sign a contract yeah uh so i know that a lot of the shl or maybe even they're they make kind of a they make a business out of that in yep. one like in one sense um and that's how they fund their junior like junior organizations but what about mendal not necessarily uh, draft yeah. picks are coming directly yeah. now i would say Mundal is a good feeder club to Frelunda who so you may have had a youth player that plays youth hockey in Mundal or even yeah. U16 goes on to hockey gymnasium in Mundal and then yeah. or like where you were talking about in Lerum with with uh yeah. with the guys you mentioned um yeah. but you you don't have that you don't get that funds in your kitty to 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 spend on stuff so then it's uh, up to, yeah. it's up to the organization to to raise those funds mm-hmm. and and then you also charge fees but the fees are fairly inexpensive in comparison right yeah i mean yeah the U- the fees in the us are pretty steep compared to the the swedish fees uh the, the if if you do the junior 20 which is the most expensive which makes sense that's a bit above uh, a bit above ten thousand kroners just for the training fee. Uh, then the the organization they cover the cost for the bus rides and everything like that. Uh, but you also have to pay a bit by yourself, like in terms of sticks and shoulder pads and all of that stuff and skates. Yes, yeah. but so if the, you went to so Frölunda, you get your stuff. Everything's paid for. Uh, I mean, I I can't say that for sure, but yeah, uh, I would assume you get most of it. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I'm trying to bring bring up there are different kind of um levels and 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 it's understandable and and it's just the way it is. But but I think that the what's great about J20 region is I, I think what's difficult in J18 is that your organization, let's say if you advance now to J18 after this season, mm-hmm. you're gonna be competing with Frelando. Yeah. And and that's not easy. Versus no, it's not. You you see that every year in that U eighteen region uh, division. Uh, it's split up at Christmas, and then yeah. it kind of it's divided into two different two different uh, leagues. Um, but yeah, you can see there's a big difference between the top, let's say, three teams and the bottom three teams in terms of goal differential and points in, in the league. Yeah, uh, for sure. But I think in the if you look at the J20 region, it's a fairly equal. Um, certainly, there's some of the clubs that may have are bigger. That when you're when you're playing against Halmstad Hammers, as an example, uh, Karlskrona, bigger organizations, bigger ranks, more staff, maybe a little bit of difference there. But the majority of the teams that you're playing against are have similar facilities similar structure similar amount of coaching the players are coming from similar places mm-hmm. and which makes it very competitive yeah definitely and and uh and i think that the which is why 
those, you know, J20 region, whether it's east, west, south, or north, is a it's a good competitive place to be. Yeah, I agree. 100 well. percent What's your biggest challenges? I mean, so now we're talking about this and we're in the end of September. We'll release this probably end of October, but um is your job pretty much done? You got your roster as a general manager. Now it's up to the coaches, right? Uh, I mean, in the best of uh, in the best world, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it doesn't really work that way. Uh, still ha have a lot of jobs uh, work to do. Uh, in terms of uh, it, the different teams have different, I wouldn't say problems, but definitely different problems they need to work out. Uh, the men's team they have a good structure surrounding their their organization with equipment managers and coaches and all the different staff that you need. Uh, the 20 team also, they have a good, they have good staffing around the team, but maybe we, we need to add a couple more guys on the team to be competitive in our league. Um, so yeah, so different, different issues that we need to work out. Um, and one big thing, if you compare it to the U S is that if a lot of, uh, like the people that are engaged in Swedish sports, and if you're obviously if you're not on the SHL level teams, they're there because they want to be there. They volunteer they, their time. So maybe you can't get eight days a week out of everybody that comes to the hockey rink. Maybe they can only be there for two or three days a week, but you have a, an organization that requires you to be there five times a week. Uh, so you kind of struggle with that every day like the the commitment that people can make versus how much they want to make in terms of your staff running yeah. the organization right yeah yeah and i think that so let's be frank here too uh you know you're early on in your role year two here really almost like your first year almost uh yeah i would i would definitely say this is my my first year doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You had like a, a little easy transition in, but now it's yours. And just like if you parallel your professional life in, in running a team, you're running mm -hmm. a team here athletically as well. And, you know, you have a strategy and you have a plan and it's going to take some time to kind of grow and execute in reality right yeah definitely i i have a, a i have i have a long-term plan uh that i want for the organization that i want the junior 20 team is we're not looking to like take the next level up to the national level because that's just a whole different story and it costs like in terms of money it's a lot more expensive as well yep. uh, i would if you start at the junior 18 team i would love to take them from where they're at right now uh, like because they're been they've been at the bottom half of that league for the past couple of years but I want to like move them up to be a top tier team at least in the division one uh league so the step between the junior 18 and the junior 20 region is not that big yep um and then I want to establish the 20 team as a top top team again which they have been for a long time, which also successfully kind of it secures the players from a below coming into your men's program as well. Yep. Uh, and then if you're looking at maybe 
let's say it's a five-year plan. I have a, in my head, it's a three to five-year plan. I want to prepare the organization and I want them to be ready to transition into being and taking the step up to division one. If we take that step or not, that's kind of the different part of that equation that I haven't really figured out yet. But in my head, that's the goal that I'm working with. A three to five year plan to prepare the organization to taking that step up to the up to division one. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, it's it's evident and, you know, um, it, it, it the buzz and, and the and the excitement and the passion that you have. It's about building something. And Mundal has a good, good history. When you talk to people mm -hmm. that are that are in the hockey community around uh, Vestajutlan, the region down there is you got a history uh, and there's good hockey in that region. Mm -hmm. And and um, the the buzz is, yeah, Marcus is really creating something down there and and you want to find those players and and key leaders to be able to say, yeah, I want to join and want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to commend you for for what you're doing. It's a lot of hard work, I know, and and uh, that's the reason why I wanted to have you on. One for talking about kind of your journey into from juniors and in, into college, but really how you're now leveraging that experience and still giving back and really trying to build something down in in the Gothenburg region um last thing what's uh so let's see how old are you now you're 20 27 27 10 years younger 17 how would you what advice would you give to yourself at, at 17 things you didn't know then that you know now that you'd like to tell yourself wow, wow that's uh that's a really good question one thing that with the whole like U.S. experience thing that I did is that I I wouldn't change that for the world. But if I would have done it again, I would have gone out to the most I would have gone out to the East Coast and played. I think uh, it would have suited my personality and kind of my lifestyle that I have a bit better compared to being on the Western Slope and the lifestyle that they have there. Uh, that's definitely one thing that I would recommend myself doing um but 10 years ago uh do you have i, I it's a it's a tough one it's a tough yeah one. you're sitting there with yourself <laughs> at 17 and you're saying hey one piece of advice here not necessarily things you would do differently but what 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 would it be you know, you're you or take your your you're on your way to Boros, let's say first year going to gymnasium. Yeah. yeah. Uh I mean in, in easy terms, it would probably be work your ass off. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, my apologize for my language, but yeah, work your ass off. No, it's a great uh, one. You, you uh you, you don't you don't get that opportunity again to have that support to play hockey that much before you go into working even like no matter kind of where you work or what you do for a living uh but being in like high school and playing hockey in swedish school like the swedish system if you work do the niu then you have great opportunity to develop a lot as a player and yeah so work your ass off is definitely the recommendation that i would make that awesome. i would yeah Awesome. Well, and I know that you guys already a partner with Target Aid. We are um, we're doing the same, and we're going to be 
I'm assuming I mean, we have this segment that we say Klubben i mitt hjärta. Yeah. Uh, we will be highlighting but, uh, uh, your program there, Mundal. But I didn't know if there was going to be any other. Is that is that the, the team in my heart, Klubben i mitt hjärta? Is that Mundal now or is that uh, someone else? Uh, no, I mean, Mundal is obviously the, 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 the organization that my 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 heart beats uh a little it beats a little extra for uh but i also have uh Lerum's Beko from from the beginning of my career in the first let's call it 10 years of my hockey career before i moved to Borås uh, yeah. to think for a lot and uh we were a great group of guys and we still stay in touch and we still hang out and we're still friends today and uh a lot of those players that I played with 10 years ago, they still play for the men's team in Division 3 in Lerum, uh, which is, is fantastic. And they, uh, I was I was actually there just uh, last season uh, watching a game, and it was just – it was like traveling in a time capsule, like going back. It was the same people uh, in the rink to this day, uh, and I haven't met them for a very long time, but it was, it was great to be back there uh, and just meeting everybody. Well, it's actually the second guy I was just recording. He's not released yet. William Vibetti, who's uh, who's from Lerum, and he said that's the that's the jersey that is up on my on my wall. He ended up going to uh, Frölunda and then played yeah. played in in here in the U.S. and uh, so we'll, uh, he had the same answer. But we, our initiative with Target Aid, we're going to highlight you guys. Uh, we may end up highlighting both of you, Lerum and Mandal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, push that on through social media for you guys as well. So, Marcus, been a joy. Thank you for coming on the podcast, talking about your journey. And uh, good luck now. We're getting ready to start the season here uh, Saturday in J20. And yeah. so when this airs, we'll see. You may be um, you may be sitting there five and zero oh by the time this 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 comes. So I, I hope so. And thank you for having me. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you.